What's up, everybody? This is the Hodgepodge of Nothingness podcast, and I am David Korb. Uh, if you, that name sounds familiar. You guys probably know me from the Steelers Sanctuary podcast, but as I said on the last one, I love talking about the Pirates, huge Pirates fan, so I decided to start, decided to start doing a podcast about them. Um, Man, last night was... Uh, that was a rough way to uh, lose that game, huh? It was like a slow, creeping death just watching the Dodgers after we go up 7-2, just, just watching them slowly keep coming back and, and eventually taking the lead. I'll do a quick recap of the game. Uh, Aviada had a rough game, 5.1 innings, pitched five, five runs, four earned, four Ks, two walks. Um, you had a two-out double to Vargas, Miguel Vargas in the first for two runs to put the Dodgers up 2-1. But Hayes doubles in Bay and Hedges for a 3-2 lead in the second. And then Aviato goes three up, three down in the third and the fourth inning like he's going to lock it down. Then you had Hedges single in Bay in the fourth and Kutch launches a three-run bomb to go up 7-2. Man, you're feeling good. You're like, man, the Pirates are going to absolutely destroy him. But then the Dodgers get one back in the fifth, 7-3. You're feeling good, bottom of the fifth. Sawinski leadoff double. You're thinking, okay, they're about to tack on even more runs. And then nothing. Joe and Castro ground out. Bay strikes out with Sawinski on third. Then top of the sixth. Ottman doubles. Vargas walks and Bush single. Sends Ottman home. It's 7-4. Now you're like, oh, here we go. This is where they're going to they're gonna start creeping back, back in this. Corey Taylor singles. Bases juice. Stevenson comes in. Alvedo gets Barnes to fly out. Two outs, but Vargas tags up and scores at 7-5. Then Mookie Betts hits this monster fly ball to left field, and you're thinking, this is it. This is this is, this is is what's going to happen. And then you just see Sawinski, man, he gets that wall, and he's just trying to just line it up, man, and just jumps and leaps over the wall and catches it to end, the, to end that side of the end. I was like, wow. What a play by Sawinski to end that, and it it stayed seven five. You're like, okay, we got out of that somehow. I, I don't know how we did, but now you can exhale, have a sigh of relief. We're good to go. Then the Pirates bats do nothing in the six. Hernandez replaces Stevenson in the seventh and goes three up, three down. You're like, okay, we're all right. Then the Pirates do nothing in the seventh. Top of the eighth. Holderman replaces Hernandez, and it finally happens with Holderman. Vargas singles, Bush walks, and Chris Taylor hits a shot to left center for a three-run home run, and it's now 8-7 Dodgers. But then the Pirates load the bases in the bottom of the eighth, two outs, guess who's up? Kutch. And you're like, oh, man, can he do it again, right? Hit a three-run bomb earlier. Can he do something, just something to tie it up? or better, and with a 3-1 count, a ball up and in, Kutch swings, pops it up, the catcher catches it, and that basically was the dagger uh, right there. Um, nothing happened in the ninth. Pirates lose 8-7. to seven. Um, Just just such a tough loss, man. I Like I said, just watching this game, uh, seeing how the Pirates had more chances to, to put on more runs, it didn't happen, and this is the Dodgers, even when you go up 7-2, the game's not over, especially when it was that early in the game, there's so much more time for them to, to catch up, and they did, and the bats went really quiet, 
And it just the main thing here, man, for me is that you know, don't get me wrong. I really like Holderman. I think he's a good, uh, good uh, relief pitcher. He's got the velocity. I think the other day he threw. I think he threw ninety nine or hundred on the gun. I was like, holy shit. Um, he's got good stuff. Uh, it's just that sometimes he just has. It's just he just has trouble uh, hitting his spots. And uh, you know, um, I listened to a DK Sports podcast, and I guess he interviewed Holderman after the game. Holderman said that on the pitch he gave up a three run bomb. He meant he didn't mean to put that ball where it was where he meant to put it, and. That was, you know, that's been the thing with him is that sometimes he just doesn't hit his spots. And when he does, how many times now have we seen these situations? Now, don't mind you, he's done good the last, I think, two games. He's been fine. But there's been other games off and on where there's always, you know, shit gets real. You got guys all on base, bases loaded two on or one out or something. And and he's gotten lucky and gotten out of it. But it, I, I, you know, a lot of us, I think, knew that eventually this was going to catch up and he was going to have an off game and unfortunately it happened last night um my biggest takeaways uh besides that i think the most critical moments that were that really hurt the pirates was the besides the home run obviously uh was definitely the two out double to vargas in the first that gave them uh those runs i mean you have two outs you get out of that inning, you know, we, you know, we end up, those runs that I'm not hurting you at all. I think in the other critical moment that hurt them was uh, the fifth inning. Sawinski's leadoff double, scoring position, no outs, and they, they didn't do it. They didn't do anything. Uh, two guys grounded out, Joe and Castro, and then Bay strikes out, and you come away with nothing. Um. Another takeaway, uh, I'm starting to get a little concerned with uh, Bay's defense. Um, he committed his fourth there last night. It was a shallow fly ball to center field. He came running in. He got underneath it and dropped it. I, you know, it's it's one of the things. He now is tied with with uh, Castro and Ayers with four on the team. Um, he had an air in center field the other day on a routine, uh, ball hit to center field on the ground. He, he didn't field it clean. Um, he's over aggressive a lot on, on, on plays. I've seen him, you know, on the air when he jumped over in front of Cruz, I think it was before Cruz got hurt or it was, it was, uh, somebody after that, uh, wasn't even on his side of the field. He was a second base. He came clear over into shortstop's area to try to field a ball. He had no business being there and screwed it up. Um, He's in a like I said, he's a lightning bolt for this team. I I like watching this kid play baseball. He's fun, but he is really starting to scare me now with his defense. But here's the thing: his speed is too good to not have him in the lineup. Last night, I mean, two infield hits. He's literally hitting the ball to second base, and if it's not right to the second baseman, he can be that he can beat out the play. Every time he gets on, he turns in a single or a walk into a double. He's still second base, and he steals with ease. He slides in, not even a tag because he's there two seconds before the ball gets there. It's, it's, it's something to where you're hoping he can turn down the airs because he's worth it. It's worth it to put up with that because of how electric he is on the base pass, getting on base as much as he is. Um, Batting average is, is not that great. Uh, 
I know it's around, it was around 214, but with the two infield hits last night, um, I think that now he raised it to, I think, like 224, something like that. I'll have it here in a second. Uh, yeah, he's at 224 batting average right now. But like I said, I, I've seen people say send him back to the minors, send him down to – no, I don't, I don't think so. I, I think they need to, to right the ship with him, uh, keep going with him. I think that the positives outdo the negatives with this kid. Like I said, absolute lightning rod for this team when he, when he gets up to bat. You just don't know what he's going to do. Um, man, Hayes. Hayes is really starting to catch fire hitting. Ever since they moved him to the leadoff spot, man, he is, batting average has jumped from the 180s to now it's up to 237. Had two hits, two RBIs last night. Uh, really starting to hit the ball hard. Even his outs are hard hits. Um, just really, really glad to see that he's starting to turn it around and really uh, starting to hit the baseball. Man, if he starts, uh, if he starts hitting for average on top of everything else, man, they are going to have something here. Um, what else? Uh, so tough loss, guys. Uh, they're up when you put up seven runs. You, you, you're thinking seven two. You're hoping your pitching can can you know not hurt you too bad. But look, they're going to have off nights. And you know what? It happened. It happened last night. And it's tough, but I this this team. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna affect them too much. I think they're gonna come back tonight, and they're gonna be ready to roll. So, um, and here's here's the best part about all this, guys. They didn't even have their best hitter in the game. Didn't even have him in the game. And I'm talking about Brian Reynolds. And that leads me into the next thing. So. Yesterday, if you don't know by now, I don't know how you couldn't. Must be hiding under a fucking rock. Uh, Brian Rells and Pittsburgh Pirates are in an agreement on an eight-year, $106.75 million contract extension with the team option for 2031. According to sources familiar with the deal, it includes a form of a no-trade protection for Brian Reynolds. Uh, Reynolds' deal is the richest deal in Pirates history and does not include an opt-out. And here's the breakdown of the deal. Two million signing bonus in 2023. He makes 6.75 million. In 24, he'll make 10 million. In 25, 12 million. 26, 14, and then in 27, 28, 29, and 30, 15 million. And then in 2031, a team option for 20 million, or they can buy it out for two, two million. Guys, this is incredible. I, I we have been hoping for a while now that this would happen. Um, you know, you think back a while back when he requested a trade, you're like, wow, this this really stinks. And you saw the offer they originally gave him. I think it was like six for 75 or 80 or something like that. And you're like, man, come on, guys. You've got to figure this out. Um, I don't know what happened. Uh, they originally wanted him to have an opt-out in year four, I believe it was, which is what the Pirates said no to, which they shouldn't give that. It's ridiculous. But – my gosh, the way he was hitting when the, uh, the season started, I was like, good Lord, give him an opt-out in like the fifth or sixth year or something. Just, just If he needs an opt-out that bad, which is so strange that his uh, the uh, CAA agency he goes with or whatever name is, I, I, I don't know why they wanted the opt-out so bad for him. But, you know, I I was it after the fourth year after the way he started out. But somehow the Pirates pulled it off, eight-year extension, didn't have to give him the opt-out. And then on top of that, they get the team option in 2031. Guys, this is this is really good because now you have Brian Reynolds through all of his prime till 2030. You've got Hayes till 2029, I believe. 
And then you've got O'Neill Cruz. You've got control of Neil Cruz till 2028. These are this is your core, and that you're and you're going to be adding to it. And now that you now that you have them for all these years, I mean, this is this is huge. This is huge for the pirate organization. Huge for the fans. Um, it's a sign. It's a sign that they're no longer just gonna draft players, get them here for a year, two, three, and then trade them. This is a sign that th- those times are over with. Uh, and, and, I, and I'm glad to see it. I'm glad to see that. I'm guessing that Ben Charrington came in. Hey, guys, sorry. The audio got cut off. Um, I had to pause the podcast for a second there. But uh, getting back to uh, the Brian Reynolds extension, yeah, this is this is going to pay uh, big for the Pirates. I am really excited. As you saw them talking to the players, the players – uh, are excited. Uh, they're talking to Bednar. They're talking to Hayes, and they just they showed it about a, a changing up the times. You can tell those guys are pumped, and this is only going to make things better and make them want to play better. And I, I'm really excited about it. Um, only other thing I I want to add was uh something kind of funny. Um, I have a new drinking game that we all can play now. It's let's take a drink every time Greg Brown says sweeper or diver when one of our pitchers is on the mound. I don't know what the deal is, what this infatuation is of him, what all these new names now we have for these different pitches that the, our, our pitching staff throws. I, you know, growing up, I mean, it was it was simple. You're either going to throw a curveball or you're going to throw a, a, a slider. Uh, you know, I I would – I remember, you know, just – oh, I'm going to get my coaching uh, now. I'm going to go into coach mode here. But just, for instance, you know, like – what are these pitchers, whether they're throwing, you know, it, it's just a damn curveball or slider. It, it's, they're just adding newer words to make it sound cooler. And it just cracks me up that, you know, you get guys like Greg Brown that, that, that got to capitalize on this. And it's like every two seconds, he has to say what the pitcher threw. And, and it's just, it just cracks me up. Um, I mean, growing up, you know, you, I guess you could say that depending on the way they grip the ball, the way they throw it, whether it's over the top or a 45 degree or complete sidearm would decide whether or not they're throwing this sweeper or this diver or whatever. You know, for me, you grip the ball, you use your index and your middle finger and grip the skinny seam and you'd make a C and come over the top with it. And that's a curveball. But nowadays they're calling it the diver. Or if you gripped it, like I just said, and you threw it like a football, it was a football slider. And that was a diver. And, but, and then with, with, the, with the slider, I mean, you come more sidearm, and now that's considered the sweeper. So it just it cracks me up that he has to tell us every other pitch that either Aviato is throwing the diver or Keller is throwing his sweeper. But it just it cracks me up. But uh, all right, guys, that's that's all I got. Um, if you want, reach out to me on Twitter, M underscore Core. Let me know what you think. Uh, I'm also on TikTok. Just look for me on there. All right, take care.